Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We are all about making Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifefw.org. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. That's our heart in this place. Now I'm going to ask you to do something really different. Would you just take a moment and will you just simply close your eyes for just a second? I want you to, you know, this is a little different, but I want you just to, I'm not going to do anything weird, so just, just close your eyes. I want you to imagine with me right now. Imagine where your life will be one year from now. What does your life look like one year from now? Hey, you have dreams in your heart. You have desires. You have destinies. What does your life look like one year from now? And you know, God cares about that. And God wants to bring that to pass. I believe that. With your eyes still closed, now I want you to dream about where your life is spiritually one year from now. Because the two are actually congruent. They go together. Where is your life spiritually? What does your spiritual life look like a year from now? Dream about it. God wants you to be there. It's in your heart to be there too because... Those thoughts are already planted in your heart. God put them there. Now I want you to imagine, what do you want? Just close your eyes. What do you want your guests and your friends and your family to feel and experience when they walk in to city life, walk into one of these guys? What do you want them to sense? What do you want them to feel? What do you want them to experience? See, that's part of God's dream for this church too. God put that desire right there in your heart. Because people come in here week after week after week and are impacted by the atmosphere right here, the atmosphere of the presence of God. You're part of that. Dream about it. What do you want your friends to feel and experience when they come in here? I want you, with your eyes closed, one last time to imagine one other thing. I want you to dream. I want you to imagine your friends, your family, the people you work with, living with the joy and the freedom and the liberty that we feel in this place. Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine how your surroundings would be different. That's what God wants for you. Take a look at me. God puts dreams in our hearts. God put those things there. It's for a reason. It's not to frustrate us, but it's to give us a destiny. It's to give us a place to go to. Today I'm going to be talking about that. I want you guys to have a seat, and I want you to get your notes out, because I want you to jot a few things down. As you get your notes out, also, Bibles and Bible apps, I'm going to open our Bibles up to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, Proverbs 11, 25. Hold your place there in Proverbs 11, 25, we'll come back to there in just a few minutes. Back in... It was the year 1982. How many of you were alive in 1982 in this room? All right, a few of you. Yeah, that's good, that's good. 
Back in 1982, I was in high school. My family and I lived 500 miles south of here in a little town right on the Rio Grande called Harlingen. Anybody know who Harlingen is? Harlingen, Texas? Yeah, yeah, we love it. Uh, my parents left uh, for a few days to attend a prayer conference, and their prayer conference was right here in Fort Worth. It was at the Fort Worth Con Convention Center, eight blocks from where we sit right now. And it was at that event where, in 1982, when a woman came to my parents that they didn't know, and she prophesied. I mean, that's where God spoke through her. She prophesied some uncanny details to my parents about their family. And like, there's no way she could ever know this. And they, she also, as she was talking to them, she said that God says there's one of your sons, your youngest son, and began giving details about my life. And my parents were amazed. And they said, well, this has to be God. But they also said that, that uh, God was going to use that youngest son to bless many people in this very city. Interesting enough, interestingly enough, my parents didn't tell anyone, and they didn't tell me. <laughs> I didn't even know that until just three years ago. God put a dream and a desire and destiny even in my parents' heart, but they held it close and they prayed it into life. Back in... Uh, 1985, I was in college here in the Metroplex, and I was in my dorm room. And I remember so clearly it was late at night, and I was praying. It was one of those transitional spiritual moments for me. We all kind of have those moments where we just feel like God's just kind of taking us to a new level. And I, and I remember as I was praying, I felt God, I just felt God like whisper to me that I would not necessarily operate in the same mold as, as the, uh, the others who were other ministers in training who were going to the college there. But the God had something unique for me to accomplish, and it was going to involve church planting. And I told no one. I was like, oh, that's, I don't want to tell anybody. It's, it's just kind of like special. I, I didn't even tell anyone this. I, I treasured it in my heart. Several years later, in 1992, I was serving as a staff pastor at a large church in Dallas County, and God spoke to my wife, Rebecca, and me through a close friend, and she took out a napkin at their house and she drew a picture of a river that ran through a city. And uh, she invited us over and she said uh, to the house and explained to us, she says, God is going to give you the keys to unlock transformation in that city. And it's a city that a river runs through it and, and that the work that you would do was going to be in the heart of that city. And so we told everybody, no, no, actually we told no one. Just held it close to our hearts. God, what does this mean? See, God had begun giving me, and even my parents, a heart for this house before I even knew how, where, or when it would happen. Here we are. Are you aware that City Life Church is the youngest church owning property in the downtown business district of Fort Worth. In fact, the next youngest church to us purchased their prop that's still operating today. Um, they purchased their property in 1940, some 67 years ago. Now, there's significance in us being here. 
God has birthed something really amazing. And our church is strategically located physically. And it actually causes us to be a little different than maybe a suburban church. In fact, you know it's estimated that about 95% of downtown business district church plants in large cities, America's largest cities, they fail within the first three years. Yet God has chosen to preserve us, but not only preserve us, but to grow City Life Church. And I honestly believe that that one of the reasons for that is that we continue to do our very, very best to make Jesus known and to impact culture right here in this downtown neighborhood. And we boldly use the leverage of the location God has given to us for that very purpose. In fact, our spiritual, there's a spiritual epicenter of this, the city is, is right here, our property that we own is right here in the middle of America's 16th largest city, in fact, one of the most rapidly growing cities in America. We're at the center of the most populous and fastest growing neighborhood as well. From this downtown neighborhood, business culture is created and it's exported. Government culture, it's created and it's exported right here. Media culture is created and exported. Arts and entertainment culture is created and it's exported. Education culture is created and it's exported. Science and healthcare culture is created and exported. And, and now there's beginning to be a resurgence of God's work in the heart of this city. Now church culture is beginning to be created and will be exported from here. I want to tell you something that's unique about city life. Around here, we just choose to do what the Bible says. So we know the scriptures tell us that we are to live in the culture, but not of the culture. And so what we do around here, what this church has done since day one is we, just like missionaries that are successful missionaries that have done for years and years, we we first set out to study and to understand this culture. And then City Life created a model for ministry to do intentional ministry within the context of a very unique downtown culture at the same time while remaining 100% faithful to the word of God. Now, Now, one thing is for certain, for certain is we are called to change and impact culture. Yet at the same time, uh, really, the church in America, uh, uh, you know, as a whole has slipped in its ability to influence culture. So city life, what we do is we continue to assess the methods of how we take the timeless message of Jesus into this rapidly changing culture that we're we're in. And here's a sociological fact. This is fact. Sociologists tell us this. American culture is created, designed, and packaged, and then exported from the centers of America's largest cities, downtown Fort Worth being one of them. So when you think about it, Culture in America literally flows from very few physical locations. Does that make sense? Sociology also tells us that whoever is present and active in the place where that culture is being designed and created and then exported, that that those people who who are present and active in the hearts of America's largest cities will have inordinate influence upon that culture. So, so if you think of, uh, of, our, of culture as a moving, flowing river that flows from the centers of America's largest cities, then, then whoever is present and active on that soil would be considered to be upstream in the culture. In fact, City Life Church, we are physically located upstream in the culture. 
What this means is we are strategically positioned, and I believe by God, at a place where the culture is being designed and created and packaged and then exported. I want you to think of it like this. Back in the 1920s, um, the, the Fort Worth referred to the Trinity River as the mythological river of death. That, that's the way it was called. You can look it up. You can do the research yourself. It, it, was, it was polluted and it was rancid. Now, a little lesson regarding our river. Now, the, the Trinity, as it flows through uh, downtown Fort Worth, it flows from two upstream locations, which is Lake Worth and Bimbrook Lake. And, and people swim in these lakes. People use them for recreation. They, they eat the fish that come from these lakes. But when the water leaves those two lakes into the, what's called the Trinity Forks, it becomes increasingly toxic. A little ways downstream, downtown Fort Worth, just a few blocks from here, you can still get in the water most of the time. Uh, you can eat, you, but you, you can fish, but you can't eat the fish you catch. Go downstream to Arlington. You look at the river, and if you catch a fish, you may not want to touch it. I don't know. And, and, and further downstream in Dallas, well, you hung around the river around there. What do you do? You run from the river, and you hold your nose, right? Downstream in Houston, it glows. You know. Here, here's, here's the truth, though. What flows out of our city is toxic. And whoever is downstream on the river has very little that they can say or even do about it. That's truth. Now, it's the same with culture. Culture is like the Trinity River. This culture um, that's created and exported upstream from the cities is then delivered downstream to the doorsteps of people in the suburbs, the small cities, and the rural areas of America. And whoever is downstream, what they'll try to do is they'll attempt, just like with the Trinity, they'll, they'll try to clean up the toxicity in the cultural river where they live. But unfortunately, the cultural river keeps sending them junk that is increasingly toxic. Now, if you want to stop the flow of filth, what do you do? It's like what the Trinity River Vision Authority does, is, is they go upstream to the place where the filth is being poured into the river. So it is with culture. You know, most churches are not able to affect cultural change on a large scale simply because of where they're physically located. They're located downstream in the cultural river. Now, that's not a bad thing. It's just where they're located. So what they do is they try to diligently clean up their areas and even establish microcultures so that people can escape the toxic cultures that's being sent to them from the centers of the large cities. But, but, on a, uh, but, but really, the, the truth is, is that Culture still is not changing. I think there are a variety of reasons for this, but one of them that, that I, I think is especially interesting for us as a church is, um, is that true Bible-based, Jesus-focused churches once abandoned the cores of America's largest cities. Now, anyone who studies sociology and even demographics, they can clearly identify that there was this uh, American cultural slide, it was, it was a rapid slide, violent slide downhill that began in the 1960s. And one of the reasons, I believe, is because there was this unprecedented demographic shift that occurred in America's largest cities. You see, after World War II, people began building what, what we t now know as suburbs. That's normal to us, but this all started really in the 1950s. And, and people in the cities then moved out to the suburbs. And what happened? The churches followed the people naturally, right? So 
the culture impacting churches, and I'm talking about the Bible-based, Jesus-focused churches, they departed the centers of America's largest cities. Yet still upstream in the centers of the city, culture was still being created and packaged and exported. And the culture makers were essentially left on their own without any really solid spiritual influence from the local church planted in the heart of the city. Today, the evangelical church actually has a significant lack of influence upstream in the place where culture makers live and do business. So the vast majority of the true Bible-based, Jesus-focused churches, uh, you know, they, they are physically located downstream in the culture, but not your church, not city life. Therefore, our calling is just slightly different from a suburban or a small city or a rural church. It's because we understand and we know our place on the river. And, and we also have inordinate influence upstream in our culture. We do. In fact, culture makers here in this neighborhood, they create and they distribute culture. And what does city life do? We influence the culture makers. We participate in their events. We walk their streets. We build relationships with them. We look for positions of influence and, and build relationships with other culture makers. And that is a key component of the ministry of this church. And as city life grows, and it continues to do so, our already inordinate influence will continue to grow. We participate in business activities because this is upstream of the local business culture. We participate in local government initiatives because this is upstream in, uh, in the regional influence of government. We make our presence known and we make Jesus known where spiritual darkness is trying to thrive. And that's actually this church's sweet spot. I want you to hear me well. We are blessed by this location. And we make the choice to strategically use this location being upstream in the culture to influence on a scale that so many of my friends who pastor even huge suburban churches would never even have the opportunity. Basically here at City Life, what we're doing is we're joining God as he heals our city. We influence the culture. We befriend the culture makers. We make Jesus known in our downtown neighborhood and we are the spiritual gatekeepers of the most powerful neighborhood in this city. Being positioned upstream doesn't mean we're better than any other church. That's not true, okay? We are positioned in a different location, and so our passion and our vision and our dream is that the cultural river flowing out of Fort Worth will be cleaner in the years to come because we're making Jesus known in this neighborhood in all of our spheres of influence. I'm telling you guys, over the next few weeks and months, I'm about to unleash a lot of opportunities for you to do just that. In fact, today we're officially beginning to use our new logo. You like it? Yeah. I want to tell you guys, there's a lot of intention behind this. This is not some cool little thing someone drew up. Actually, it was months of carving it out. Because the design illustrates who we are and what we do. The CL represents the cultural river that we are called to influence. Every time you see that, you're going to think of the cultural river. And we've only just begun to influence that river, and the best is yet to come. Today is Heart for the House Sunday, and it's a very special Sunday that we have set aside where we're focusing on embracing your divine destiny to contribute and to create. This ministry, my friend, is expanding and it's growing, both in our influence in the culture and numerically as a congregation. Do you realize that only one 
50% of churches in America are growing? We're one out of 100. In fact, so far this month, just looking at the attendance numbers, our Sunday attendance has increased by 43% over the same time last year. As of last Sunday, we have 171 hands that have been lifted to pray the salvation prayer right here in this room. So far this year, there have been <laughs> 6,000. 496 downloads of City Life sermons. People are listening to our messages, not just in Fort Worth, but around the world. I'm telling you, we're seeing them pop up in Russia and in China. Also, 8,669 people total have walked through these doors to attend church in 2017 so far. So when we say heart for the house, what we're talking about is this house. It's City Life Church, the house. I call it the house a lot. See, this is your church. This is where you're equipped to make a difference in the cultural river that flows out of our city. When Jesus left this earth, he established the local church to be his hands and to be his feet to this world until he returns. And he gave us a very clear mandate. I want you to listen to it. It's in the scriptures in Matthew chapter 28. It says, Jesus came to them, his followers, and he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So what Jesus is saying there is that God the Father has given him authority, and now he has the power to give us the same authority he had to build his church. And so what we do is we're not going to just sheepishly say, oh, we're here to survive. No, we're going to just think and act like Jesus. We're going to use some authority. And we're going to get out here, we're going to influence culture, make disciples of every nation based out of the local church. So heart for the house first means a heart for our local church. The logo isn't just a cool new look, but it's, it's taking the meaning of City Life Church and wearing it and doing it. Uh, you'll start to see this new thing everywhere. Uh, it'll start popping up all over the place. It makes us distinct. In fact, uh, we have plans this year to uh, repaint our building or wanting to update the facade just a bit. Uh, this is going to allow us to get some pr uh, prominent fresh signage on the building. And we, we want our location to be very obvious. And, and so I'm challenging you guys to help fill this house with guests and friends. Also, on Sunday, December 3rd, we're going to have a big, big, big day. That's just in a few weeks. Uh, we have our newly designed invitation cards, which are out there today. You can go ahead and start getting those. But, but you start using those, and, and I'm praying that on that day, we're going to have 600 people in the house. I'm praying for it, and I want you, will you guys pray with me for that? Can you believe God for that? Is anything too hard for God? Hey, if he's done this much, he can do that. And the morning services, I'm looking for this place to be packed out. I'm going to be sharing a message on another one of my tough questions message called this, Doesn't Science Outsmart Christianity? Come on, let's get some people out to hear about it. Then on Sunday, December 3rd, that evening, I want to announce that we're going to be holding a special City Life Night, a final City Life Night of the year, where we're going to be, it's going to be having our, our favorite music of the year, and it's going to be an amazing night. We're going to wrap up 2017 with a bang. See, God already knows who the 600 people are. And God will show them to you if you're praying and if you're looking for them. And, and they are actually waiting for your invitation. Will you do it? 
Also, we've noticed that city life uh, tends to grow during the uh, summer months, which is the opposite of other churches. So we already have, uh, we filed the paperwork, and we already have approval from the city. We're going to be placing a huge banner over West 7th Street, one block to our north. This is going to be up there during the entire month of July next year. And it's going to direct people to a nice, sharp building where you guys worship on Sundays. In fact, West 7th is the corridor. Uh, It's a high-traffic corridor from the Cultural District to the Downtown Business District. And you know what? It's just time to put city life on the map. Would you agree with me on that? Heart for the House is about the local church, but it's also about our heart for the city. Over the next few months, we're going to be forming some partnerships with some organizations, and we're going to be the hands and feet uh, of Jesus like never before in Fort Worth and Tarrant County. I'm going to ask you to get your hands dirty and your feet soiled. (laughs) So many of you, you're already doing this. I know you are, just like I am, but, but you know... You guys, many of you know I'm a member of the Mayor's Faith Leaders Cabinet, and I'm the chair of the Mayor's uh, Compassionate Fort Worth Initiative, and I'm going to be leading you to actively participate in the Mayor's Week of Compassionate Service coming up in January. We already have approval from the Mayor on it. We're, we're moving forward with it. We're also going to have you guys out helping people who are in poverty with their VITA tax preparation for low-income families, ministering to them practically, and we're going to start being involved in Read to Win, which is a program that fights illiteracy in our city and we're going to fight it and these are all things that are backed by the love of jesus christ also just this last week the mayor's office asked asked us to please help get some good people into city boards and commissions and to get them in there so they can influence the city i'm telling you these are positions of great influence in our city and they need to we need to be present and active within the culture also, I'm a member of the, uh, the, the Task Force on Race and Culture, which is really interesting. But next Sunday, I'm going to be giving you guys some specific information on how you can influence these discussions in the city because I need you to be present. I need you to be active in the gatherings that are about ready to, to unfold that are starting even now. Also, I would love to see volunteers from City Life. I'd love to see you serving uh, the children at Shady Oak Academy and and serving the teenage boys at Clear Fork Academy. These are two ministries that are led and owned and operated by City Lifers. So heart for the house, it means our city also. Another thing heart for the house means is that we have a heart for our world. See, our global reach and impact is on the move, and, it's, and it, some exciting things are forming there. A huge part of this is going to be the launching of our City Life intern program in this next year. We're going to be laying the groundwork for City Life to plant other churches like us in the hearts of other culture-impacting cities. We have a partnership with Five Stone Ministries, which is also owned and led and operated by a city lifer. And, and we're going to be able, it's going to enable us to equip and encourage and send out creative church planters, taking the DNA of city life and infusing it into other works and into other cities. Shared with you last week, uh, uh, a little bit, a couple weeks ago, a little bit about Light Madrid Church. And soon that's going to be planted in the spiritual epicenter of Spain. And we're also continuing, we're going to be continuing to partner with our City Life uh, friends or City Life members who are out there as missionaries in East Africa. And soon we're going to be working with a ministry called Far Corners, which will be in India. Some of you will be going there in the years to come. See, there's a stirring in this house. There's something happening here that's going to create amazing, highly impactful ministry in the days ahead. I don't want to just play games. I want, I want, I want impact. But it all starts with the dream. It starts with our heart. It starts with your heart. It starts with expressing it. 
Regarding my heart, my heart was given to me to contribute to a dream. My heart beats to create the future for those who have none. My heart is for those who suffer silently, starving for significance, malnourished and love. My heart is for the world to see the hope of Jesus reach the ends of this world. My heart is for this city to see an unusual revival break forth. And my heart is for my church, your church, to see people go from death to life. See, God doesn't want anyone to live unhappy. Did you know that? You know, this image of Christians as being boring, stale, grouchy people, I mean, that is so far from reality. Authentic followers of Jesus are actually some of the happiest people that I know by far. Uh, King David said it this way. He said, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So what we want to do is just to make the world a happier place by making Jesus known. That also means that we live our lives with generosity in every way. In fact, we're a generous church full of generous people. We're, we're generous with our time. We're generous with our love. We're generous with our joy. We're generous with our finances, which fuel the work of Jesus. In fact, this church was birthed through generosity. We continue to thrive because of generosity. In fact, one of the greatest church planters in the Bible, his name was the Apostle Paul, and he was expressing thanks to a church that was facing a tough time economically, and they were giving generously toward the church planting efforts of the day in spite of their tough reality. And, and I, really, this is kind of the spirit of City Life Church. Paul says this to these guys who are, who are contributing to the church planting work. He said, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Now, look, their source of generosity came from their heart, which was a heart of joy. But isn't that the truth, though? I mean, the happiest people I know are generous people in every way. Truth is, money, power, prestige, having a name, being someone, having a title, that doesn't bring happiness at all. It never has, and it never will. That's why we talk, talk to you here about this. Live life from the inside out. Let the joy of Jesus well up inside of you in the presence of God in you, and it naturally flows out. When you come in here and you feel that, what you're feeling is people living inside out. We don't have any millionaires among us saying, well, I'm somebody special. No, no, I mean, there's nobody special who goes to this church. But a bunch of people who are really, really close to the heart of God. So and we don't let what's happening on the outside affect what's going on on the inside because Christ dwells in us. And so our hearts produce this love and this joy and this generosity regardless of what's going on around us. I like what Solomon says. He says to keep your heart with diligence for out of it flows, the springs the issues of life. It's living from the inside out. It's living generously in every way. Now, get your Bibles, and I want you to look them now at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. This is the main scripture I want you to get today. Why are you looking that up? I mean, I just have to tell you this. I have never met, I have never met a happy, stingy person. Never, never. I mean, have you? Have you ever met a stingy person who's just really happy? No, of course not, because they, they can't. They, they do not coexist. 
In fact, Solomon, he said it this way. Take a look at this. This is one worth memorizing. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. He says, a generous person will prosper. He who refreshes others will be refreshed. You see, that's this idea of living from the inside out. We live to refresh others. We live to be generous. And living generous, it means contributing to someone else's happiness. And then it just flows right back into our own hearts. We're a generous church full of generous people. Today I'm going to encourage you in your generosity toward what flows out of City Life Church because God's doing some amazing things among us and we can't ignore that. So today I'm asking you to be generous with God. We can't hoard God and his blessings and his hope and his joy and his life and his love. So I'm challenging you today very boldly to be generous. In a few moments, you're going to be able to give in an offering. And I'm going to ask you to complete a little card called Heart for the House card. And, and the outreach expansion that I've just described to you, uh, which is going to make our building more prominent and, and all the other outreach and missions things we're looking to do, it's going to cost us a, uh, a, at least $25,000. Uh, and that's above our normal tithes and offerings. And that's not undoable at all. In fact, God could knock that out right here in this service. Let me just tell you something. City Life Church, we're, we're not a business we're a ministry. I just want to separate the two because this is a it's very strong business culture here. And I said, you know, I, I like that. I love that and I respect that. But a business is an organization. There's nothing wrong with businesses, okay? But a business is an organization that provides a service with the objective of a financial profit. Now, a ministry is an organization that provides a service without the objective of making a profit. We don't make any profit. The business focus is temporary assets. That's why uh, they they're, they're have stocks and bonds and real estates and the business will control things like that. But a ministry focus is something very different. It's permanent aspects. It's people. That's why a ministry gives away because we're investing in eternity. We're not here to make money at all. We give it away. <laughs> so as a ministry, really, we exist to be generous. And today I'm asking you to be generous above your tithes to further the vision of this house because you have a heart for this house. Now listen, if you're a guest, I want you to feel under no obligation. In fact, if you're a guest, I just want you to just, just sit back and enjoy this and go, wow, I am really happy to see what God is doing through this church. I want you just to enjoy this moment. But for those of us who attend City Life and this is your house, we desire that this house continue to be expansive and even more effective. And, and the gospel of Jesus is why we do this. We, we are compelled by the generosity of our hearts to get this message out to other people. The Apostle Paul, this, this model church planner that I was telling you about, he said these words, and they're powerful, and they struck me. I'll never forget when I was 19 years old and I was in college, and I, and I saw this, and it, and it, it, it altered my, my viewpoint of everything that I was training to do. Paul says, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. And I echo that sentiment. Woe is me if I do not use every effective means to get the message of Jesus out to more people and to impact our cultural river because that's what this church is all about. It's what's in my heart. My heart was given to me to contribute to a dream. My heart beats to create a future for those who have none. 
My heart is for those who are suffering silently and who are malnourished for love. My heart is for the world to see the hope of Jesus reach the ends of this earth. My heart is for this city to see an unusual revival break forth. And my heart is for this church to see people go from death to life. And woe is me if I do not continue moving forward for Jesus to simply help more and more people. I will run to win, like we said at the beginning. Will you? City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. And if you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifefw.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.